It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here is your host, Inside Towers business editor, John Celentano. Welcome everyone to another edition of Inside Towers Tower Talks. Inside Towers publishes a daily e-newsletter that focuses on the wireless infrastructure business. We have with us today Jennifer Fritzi, who's the Senior Equity Analyst and Managing Director Equity Research at Wells Fargo Securities. Jennifer, welcome. Glad you could join us today. Thank you for having me, John. Uh, for our audience, uh, Jennifer, uh, give us a high-level view on the companies you cover in wireless and a little bit about your advisory services. Sure. I follow um, communication services. That includes telco and cable, so AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Comcast, Charter, Altice. And we also follow the communications infrastructure space, which brings in towers, of course, American Tower, Crown Castle, and SBA, as well as uh, the data center companies. And there's a host, about seven of those we follow. I'm really technically what's called a sell-side analyst. So while I don't manage money actively, I do recommend the stocks I follow to institutional money managers who are investing in those respective spaces. And so if I'm doing my job right, I'm ideally helping them make investment decisions as to which stocks to buy and which to avoid. So let's just say uh, full disclosure, uh, we're speaking with you today as an informed industry analyst uh, and any opinions or comments you may express are those of your own and not to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell a, a security. Is that right? That's right. Okay, very good. Um, well, what are you understanding from your contacts about uh, the current level of uh, new cell site and fiber builds in this COVID-19 environment that uh, we're living through? Yeah, I think as we get on the other side of this crisis, and you know, it seems like we'll get there, but the question is when. I do think that there's no question that um, connectivity is going to be critical. I mean, I, I don't, I think what this COVID has certainly done is changed the way people communicate, work. Um, and I don't think, see that changing, frankly, on the other side of COVID. It will certainly change in different ways, but going back to normal will probably be a gradual uh, re-entry period. And because of that, I think connectivity, it, both broadband, you know, wired connectivity, as well as wireless connectivity is more important than ever. And so I think, you know, it's really going to shine the light on how important these, these assets are. We, we've, uh, and I know you've touched, touched base with a, a number of your contacts and we, we've gotten some feedback from uh, Nate, the, um, the wireless contractor, infrastructure contractors associating that there's still a fair level of activity going on, um, albeit somewhat reduced, but um, are you seeing the same thing or uh, from, from uh, your contacts? Yes, I meant to reach out to Todd at Nate to thank him for doing an extra set of research, which helped me kind of draft off the research we put out last week, where we contacted about 15 of our private tower company and Ian's wireless ENC companies and found some very similar results. Uh, you know, certainly not business as normal, but business at probably more normal than most. Mm -hmm. And I think that Nate's findings kind of echoed that same view. Yeah. Are you, are you finding that the, the carriers are, are generally moving at uh, the same pace or do you, do you see more activity amongst uh, some groups than others? Um, I think the carriers are moving at the same pace 
the same pace. I mean, I think there's, you know, I think there's a question T-Mobile when this all hit, they were still in the middle of getting sprint clothes that yeah, happened yeah. on April 1st. So, yeah. you know, I think that we should expect T-Mobile to begin working very soon as quickly as they can. I think small cells, this is probably consistent with your finding, have probably gotten a, l- a little bit harder right now. You know, there's always red tape involved in small cells. And when red tape is, is all the made, made all the harder or thicker when someone's not sitting in a municipality office to move along a zoning request. So what we've seen and what our survey showed is you've seen kind of a snapback in urgency toward macro spending Mm. um, to kind of plug the dam for, for lack of a better word, for the increased usage. And I think companies have been on record that even though we're all sitting in our homes and the thought is, you know, the Wi-Fi network is getting a lot of growth, you're seeing people communicate a lot more. I mean, the demands on the network, I I think Verizon was the one who said 10 to 20% increase in in traffic. And, um, you know, you're also seeing the agreements, these STA, Special Temporary Authority Agreements, where carriers are essentially borrowing spectrum for 60 days from other players at no cost, but being put to use very quickly, I think speaks very loudly as to the demand for or the need for more spectrum, which we might get to later, but is clearly coming. Yeah, and, and certainly reflective of the response of the carriers to to act quickly and, and make sure the infrastructure is, is augmented where it needs to be. Absolutely. Yeah. It was interesting that American Tower announced that they were going to adhere to and commit to 30-day payment um, yep. terms for their contractors. Uh, what's your take on that? I've heard everything from, well, they should have been doing that all along to, well, that's, that's normal. It's not, not such a big deal, but I think it is, isn't it? I think it is. I mean, I'm not going to say they weren't doing that anyway, but I think American Tower and its tower peers very much recommends, you know, that the the machine needs to keep moving and the oil needs to be in the machine to keep it moving. And these subcontractors or vendors are critical to to allowing that to happen. And I think, you know, um, Tom and his group there, Bartlett, very much recognize that. But I, I, again, I I think that's probably shared from many of the tower brethren. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, we're getting close to the uh, uh, first quarter earnings uh, season. Uh, typically in the first quarter, capital expenditures usually get off to a bit of a slow start anyways. But um, wh- what are you expecting this time? Yeah, um, I think, you know, you're going to see uh, things were fairly normal, really, up until I'd say March 10th. Um, uh-huh. I think it's, you know, the hard part with AT&T and Verizon's CapEx is it's an all-in number, meaning the wireline and wireless component are now blended together. Uh, we've written a lot about, as I know you guys have talked about, that Verizon has been active in pushing fiber. Um, you know, we were mm-hmm. we sat in their analyst day on February 13th where they talked about 1,700 route miles mm-hmm. per month they were pacing at. I think it's fair to say that probably has slowed down. Um, and again, I, I, so I don't know if the CapEx is going to tell us a lot. I think it's very telling for the first quarter. I think it's very telling that right as this crisis hit, Verizon spent no wasted time to say that they're going to increase CapEx by about 500 million. And, you know, I, I would expect others to follow. I, you know, I, 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 I don't, 
know if we'll see that from AT&T. AT&T has a few more balls in the air because they're now in the media world. But I, and the network is extremely, I mean, that's the main part. Wireless is the main part of AT&T's profitability. It cannot right. be ignored and nor does it want to be ignored. I mean, this is a huge internal focus for John mm-hmm. Stanky and his company, you know, mm-hmm. under Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be curious to see, you know, what the outlook for the second quarter is, and then obviously through the end of the year. I'm, I'm, I'm at this stage, I think, barring anything new, uh, um, hopefully they're going to stick with their guidance. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some uh, modification or adjustment uh, as we move through the year. What do you think? I think it, I, if there is an adjustment, I would say it's an upward bias, not downward. Oh, that's interesting. And why do you say that? Well, again, I think Verizon might be the canary in the coal mine here. Um, you know, the uh, common sense intuitively would tell me that AT&T won't spend, you know, whatever it did on content. I want to say the number was about $80 billion to get Time mm-hmm. Warner mm-hmm. and yet not spend on the distribution network on which that content will be monetized. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose as we, you know, if, if – the, the constraints we're living under ease, then the, the back half of the year could be a, uh, an acceleration of, of, uh, of uh, activity to try to catch up. Yeah, and I think we thought that starting the year that where 2019, the feedback I was given is 2020 might look a lot like 2019, but yeah. rever- reverse the halves, whereas the first yeah. half of 19 was very strong and saw a slowdown in the back half of 19. It's going to you know, flip the script for 2020 mm-hmm. and slower first half and then very significant ramp in the back half. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd argue that other side of that V in the back half could even be steeper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would concur with that. You see tower companies as uh, becoming, uh, taking on more activity, uh, Crown Castle being a good example where they are now big into fiber and small cells in addition to their leasing their, their, their tower portfolio. Would you see that as uh, a continuing trend where uh, the infrastructure companies like the tower companies and, and, and other, other infrastructure players, fiber companies that take on more uh, work that's not in their, their mainstream work, but they become more full, full service type players as we, as we move forward to build out the network? Yes, I think that the um, the lines between the typical wireless and wired infrastructure silos are very much blurring. And, you know, I think you all have highlighted Mark Ganzi and the work he's doing at Digital Colony, soon to be Colony Capital when he steps into that role. But I think that's kind of a petri dish of how the world's going to look. You know, data centers buying fiber companies, fiber companies buying data Uh center companies, tower companies buying data centers companies, and tower companies buying fiber companies. And I think Crown is doing the right thing. I I, I feel like they're very much where, you know, the the overused expression of they're going where the puck is not yet, but it's going. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, but it's, it's not as easy. You know, it is harder because you really go from a, um, non-active um, infrastructure asset in, in towers to more of active, like yes. mini network with small cells. I think it'll be interesting to see as we move in, and, and you know, Dish has talked about this. We've seen uh, uh, Rakuten in, uh, in Japan evolve to d- building networks that have more uh, what they call virtualization, where essentially the radios are programmable and, and uh, they, they have a, a, a less expensive way to deploy networks and, and to make them more software uh, controlled. 
that in and of itself may suggest that maybe these infrastructure companies, however you want to characterize them, towers, fiber, data center, could do more on, on, the, on, the, on the radio side as well. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, that would be a really a bigger move because you're getting more into the equipment owning space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the world is going to look very different in um, you know a few years because the network virtualization point cannot be overemphasized enough. I mean, and I think AT&T has really done a good job there and it's been moving forward and trying to virtualize the network under um, the helm of Susan Johnson and doing kind of the the virtualization goals that they think they've said 75% by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And just in layman's terms, that's pushing the intelligence over the network, which allows for a much lower cost structure, yeah. which ultimately is a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, hey, Jennifer, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, tell us how interested parties can follow you or, or how to sign up to receive your advisories. Absolutely. Um, they can just email me. We have a, um, a newsletter that goes out every Sunday and we have a lot of emails on respective areas. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jennifer Fritchie. It's F-R-I-T-Z, like zebra, S like Sam, C like Charlie, H-E, a lot of consonants there. And it's uh, jennifer.fritchie at wellsfargo.com. So thank you so much for having me, John. I really appreciate it. Great. Uh, Thanks again for your time. This concludes today's edition of Tower Talks. Please visit our website at insidetowers.com to listen to a replay of this podcast and others in the series or to sign up for a 90-day free trial of our newsletter. Have a good day, everyone, and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.